Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. I'm Marn. And this is the Argonauts Podcast. Every two weeks, Marn tells me more facts about Neopets, and I don't have a follow-up to that statement. Marn, take it away. (laughs) Yeah, this week we are doing our second episode of Neopets, which was supposed to be a one-episode thing. Marn (laughs) keeps adding Neopets to the docket, and I think that this was a ploy all along. I think that we're officially (laughs) pivoting the show, and this is me now realizing it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've fallen into the 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 trap. I was trying to make a Neopets joke, but I don't have I don't have any, so this is gonna be a very short lived podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pack it up everybody. We are a Neopets podcast now. <laughs> yeah, we're back with more Neopets plots. I've got my good friends uh Argy, disappointed underscore double O one, ring ding a do, and uh Squiggles two two seven, which is my, my wife's uh Neopet. Uh, we're all here and ready to learn more about the plot of the game that I'm choosing to play. Yeah, and we got questions. We sure did. So, uh, Marn, I've got a question for you. Uh, you can answer this in-game if you want. Uh, but what's your favorite kind of omelet? For me, Ooh. I'll take anything with sausage. Yeah, no. Like, out of game, absolutely anything with sausage. Um, In-game, let me pull, let me pull up a list of Neopets omelets real quick. <laughs> my uh, breakfast hot take is that your average sausage is better than your average bacon oh I'm, think, I'm with you i think good bacon might be better than good breakfast sausage by a hair but like if i'm going out to a restaurant it's sausage any day because i can trust it yeah no i'm with you on that one um yeah neopets has a lot of weird ones is the thing they've got like strawberry omelets yeah well they've got like strawberry and like marshmallow and black currant omelet there's there's a great omelet that i should be able to take a piece of every day for free or something like that right yeah that's yeah that's what they come from like you get a different flavor um it's in tyrania i think that should be where it is tyrania I had to go to the plateau. Okay, y'all, this is what I don't like about Neopets. (laughs) I feel like there is so much that you could possibly do, but nothing that feels like it's a good thing to do. Oh, there's a tear maker for the Neopets omelets. Someone made a tear maker for them. (laughs) Shoot me a link to that. We'll put the tier list in the chat, and we'll have... If you all want to officially rank the official Argonauts tier list for uh, omelets, please let us do. I apparently got a mega rare green pepper omelet. Oh, fun. I like the rice omelet because it has a little smiley face on it. That's cute. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Uh, This one, I don't know if you have an answer for it. Do you have a favorite obscure piece of Neopets lore slash history that isn't... Something we're going to talk about in this episode? Um, yeah, I, I I, guess it's not really obscure, but um, there's like a page on Neopets called like the Gallery of Evil, and it's just like a gallery of like random Neopets villains, and like some of them don't appear fucking anywhere else. Huh, they've just got like a thing that tells you all the evil people around? Yeah. Weird. It's great. <laughs> some of them like only some of them only appear in like one flash game and that's like it 
sure you have one game that's just like run away from the the big monster and then it's like yeah "Yeah, big monster (laughs) here's his wiki page yeah um there's also uh there are some removed ones there's pikachu eater (laughs) the pikachu eater yeah that's cramorant who is just a guy that eats pikachus uh and forest spook (laughs) who is just a ghost in a (laughs) t-shirt it's funny because this guy is just it's he's been removed from everything else so he doesn't actually exist anywhere anymore yeah these are just like ancient lost to time neopets villains mm-hmm oh what band is this t-shirt of oh there's a band with that logo with like a you're, you're absolutely right the red like a cross with a dude on it um Band with red cross logo. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, I yeah right. Oh boy, I clicked on the image search and got a lot of Nazi stuff. This is fun. Uh-oh. I don't think that this Neopets <laughs> character is a Nazi. That's not what I was going for. I should move on. <laughs> uh, wasn't expecting that in our Neopets episode, folks. Um, <laughs> next question. Now that I'm recombobulated. Um, Someone, enemy of the show, writes in and says, "What's your pitch for a modern day edgy Neopets reboot?" I think and they should just go. They should just go back to all of like the two thousand one, two thousand three stuff where they were like killing off characters. Yeah, put the Neopet monster with the Nazi shirt in the. <laughs> put it back in Neopets. <laughs> Done. Easy peasy. Bring back the AI that was like trapping children in elevator shafts and murdering them. Yeah, right. No, I um, <laughs> I do have a real answer to this, but it's not in the angle that I think this question meant when it was asked. Um, but I am going to pitch to you all. Welcome back. Uh, you all can get on the ground floor of my new Neopets gotcha game. Uh, and the exciting thing about it is that you will actually be able to own the Neopet that you adopt because our game runs on the blockchain. Each Neopet is tied to a specific NFT that you get to own and can sell and trade for an actual value based on what you think your Neopet is worth. This is the Neopets 3.0. Welcome back. Awful. Terrible. This is my edgy Neopets reboot. Check Twitter. It's going to happen any day now. Oh, boy. Hey, quick editor's note. Uh, I recorded that segment on Monday. Today is Wednesday. Uh, and I do want to let you know that as of day of release, the thing that I just described happened yesterday. So I was in before it actually happened. Back to the show. I can answer the question what my favorite mini game is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hit, hit me. Uh, when I was in college, uh, my senior year of college, I took an art history class for some credit and, um, it was, it was like one of those one-on-one classes where like everyone brought their laptop to take notes, but was like fucking around on their laptop the whole time. Um, I got very, very, very good at Meepit Juice Break, which I don't think they've like ported over from the Flash, uh, like version Maybe they have, um, but it's just like, oh, maybe they have. Um, it's hard to tell, uh, but it's literally just like a game where you, uh, it's one of those like puzzle games where you have to line the pipes up to like get juice from one end of the screen to the other. Okay. It 
like it's it's like one of those like fucking Nancy Drew puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um and it's like the most it's like one of the most simple games they had on the site. I got like incredibly fucking good at it because <laughs> because I'm one of those people who has to like be doing something like visually stimulating when I'm like listening to a lecture in class or else I mm-hmm. just like lose all of it. Um, yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, or like while I'm like playing D&D with people or whatever. Um so for a while, I would just go to that lecture class and like play Mipa Juice Break for like two hours every like every other day. <laughs> <laughs> I just got like really, really incredibly good at it, uh, and then and then Flash like broke and the and the all of the games went down. Unfortunately, <laughs> they were like, "We're gonna bring back these six games," and someone's like, "Are any of them good?" And they're like, "Absolutely not." Yeah, well, none turn, of them have turn- instructions. Termag rule I also used to be really good at, but the they like they put a version of it that's like not flash based on the site and the controls have a lag now and it sucks to play. Mm-hmm. I tried playing a couple games and did not like any of them. I now that you've gotten me back into having a Neopets account from the one I started years ago, uh I'm realizing all the reasons I bounced off of Neopets. <laughs> yeah, I liked a lot of like the I guess maybe not as popular games. Like, I liked Attack of the Jelly Dice, which is, like, a weird, like, 3D match 3 game. Mm-hmm. Which um, I would, like, play while listening... Or Attack of the Gummy Dice, that's what it is, which I would, like, play while listening to podcasts, because I play a lot of, like, match 3 mobile games while I listen to podcasts, just because it's, like, a soothing thing that I can do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that. I played a lot of, like, they had, like, a Flash Mahjong game that I got really good at because I would play it in my downtime at work. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that I've stumbled onto my favorite uh, Neopets minigame. Um, like you were just saying, I like to to click on things and have something to occupy my hands while I'm talking and listening to things. Uh, so I've been kind of clicking around Neopets as we've been talking, and I came across the Wheel of Monotony, which I thought, oh, it's like a oh, daily yeah. wheel spin. <laughs> and apparently this thing takes forever, because I clicked it when we started talking uh, yeah, and asking like, this question. It takes like two hours. It It will... It will probably be done by the time we finish this podcast. It takes the yeah. Martin, it ticks. Yeah. Martin, there's a ticking it. in my ears. You should I I think you can mute it, right? Yeah, there I can. Be, I just Yeah. It's still funny to me, so I'm curious. <laughs> we'll keep the podcast going. I'll tell you when I click the mute button. Oh my god. Um It takes yeah, two and- hours? <laughs> Upwards of two hours, yeah. I paid 150 you, Neo points for this. You get like an avatar uh, if you do it, I think. Or wait, is the avatar random? Yeah, it's random. <laughs> oh, good. When I post on the Neopets forums, I'm sure that I'll be the talk of the town. Yeah, it takes between two and nine hours to spin. And I have to leave it on this page the whole time? Yep. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm muting this now. Good luck! <laughs> um, yeah, unfortunately with, like, the death of Neopets Flash games, I've reverted to, like, playing mobile games and playing Tetris while I listen to podcasts, because I like doing something visual while I listen to a podcast and, like, sit in one place. Yeah, I have gotten into a uh, a gotcha RPG that is bad for me. Um, oh, ho, ho. 
but I, I, I have it. Uh, like to the point that I'm like, I'm into this game that I will never give as a recommendation because I know what it does to me. So uh, I would never inflict that on other people. I just, I, I, I just recently got back into Cookie Run, which is like, I had, no, I haven't played it in over a year. And so I have no idea what like the meta is now. And I'm just like doing my best out here. <laughs> Well, good luck. I didn't realize Cookie Run had a meta. It sure does. <laughs> well, instead of digging deep into that as much as I would like to, what do you say we get into the other plots of Neopets? What What are we talking about today, actually? Uh, we're going to talk about the Lost Desert plot and the Haunted Woods plot. I think oh. I said originally that we were going to talk about a third one, but... Uh, we might not have time, so we'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, in that case, uh, Marn, tell me about the Lost Desert. Cool. So, the Lost Desert, uh, was... So, I think the Lost Desert came before Haunted Woods. I okay. Don't quote me on that, because that might not be true. I think it... I, I think it was. Um, the Lost Desert was also, according to the solution page, the biggest plot puzzle uh, the Neopets team had ever done. Okay. So that's fun. Um, and it started with, uh, in the in the little news tab on the site, they announced that there would be some new scrolls found around the site. Uh, and there were 12 of them, and one and each one had a different hieroglyph on it. Okay. Um, they came in red, yellow, blue, or green, um, and they each held a, a different little hieroglyph printed on the front. Uh, hmm. The they were actually never made available to players on the site. Uh, they were never given out in shops. They were not given out through random events. Um, you could search for them uh, in the shop wizard, but you couldn't find like half of them because they had really weird names. Um, weird. Some that- of some of them were given to fake accounts, um, and the the team like posted on the neo boards and like put the scrolls up in like trades on the trading post and stuff, so like people could see that they were like supposedly circulating, but mm-hmm. like you couldn't f- actually find them anywhere. That's weird. I mean, I guess you don't want those twelve items to be the only twelve that exist in the game and have like them fall into the hands of actual players who can yeah. do something. Sinister yeah. sounds too strong when talking about Neopets, but, you know, you don't want, like, griefers to get a hold of them, so, okay, I guess that makes sense, but it does feel weird that they only, like, kind of pretend to make items for the game. It does a little bit. So this was um when uh when the Neopets team kind of started releasing, uh, so they kind of fell into this thing after, like, the, the smaller plots where they would, like, release comic pages that, like, explained like story that was going on and then like each comic page would also come out with like a puzzle or something that you had to do um and so the first like comic page for like the lost desert plot uh had a link that led to uh a fortune teller's tent uh outside uh sackmit city which is like a location on the on the map where you can go in the lost desert um who uh would be kind of like a a hint mechanic throughout like the course of of the of the puzzle of the game um 
and that that linked to a mysterious tablet that the fortune teller had found uh which had 16 pieces uh each one had a hieroglyph on it and 12 of them were missing um and the hieroglyphs that were still there uh was randomized for each user and so that okay. i believe would be added to like your inventory or like your your user page or something so that was just like something that you had for the duration of the plot cool um once and so once the plot started so this is all like prologue stuff but like once the like comic and like the plot actually started uh people would occasionally get a banner ad on the site that directed them to the temple of a thousand tombs in the lost Mm. desert uh which was you could click it and it would take you to the temple of a thousand tombs um which had a picture of the temple uh buried in the in the dunes of the lost desert i'll send you a picture the picture actually changed um it was different uh it changed at like dusk every day uh huh. to to be slightly different and it was just like a fun thing that they put in but like people went nuts over it and like thought it was a clue because uh we've talked about this there are like a lot of things in these plots that you have to do at a very specific time on the site or <laughs> yeah and so and so people were like oh it changed like maybe we're supposed to do something but it was just like a fun thing that they put in <laughs> is this the ruins of thanaros what? Sorry, I'm I'm looking at the Lost Desert right now on Neopets, oh. and there's a broken link to the ruins of Thanaros that doesn't work. Interesting. So don't I was know just kind of curious about. if that was what this was supposed to be, because I don't see, I don't. It's not in the desert anymore. That's one of the things that I'm trying to do is see if there's anything around, but it doesn't look like it's still there. Yeah, and so underneath the uh, the temple was a poem. Uh, that said the w- the waking dawn on the dunes window into the soul um and if you clicked on the temple you could enter it and uh each temple had uh each player's temple had a randomly generated layout that was unique to you as a player um, wild and it had 80 to 85 randomly generated rooms and i remember this cuz i played this plot and it was mm-hmm fucking took forever um (laughs) and so each room looked like this um it had each room had five doorways uh and they either led into a tomb or into another room with five doorways Um, and the arrows would take you to adjacent rooms which also had five doorways Um, i'm looking at a i'm looking at a image that is like it looks like five doorways ahead of me, three of which are just hallways you can go down, and then two of which have, like, weird-shaped doors and logos over them. Yeah, so the weird-shaped doors with hieroglyphs would lead to a tomb, and then the open doors would lead to more doors. Okay. Um, and you also did not have an option to leave unless you were in the entrance of the temple. <laughs> yeah, when you're in the temple, you're in the temple till you leave, till you figure it out, I guess. Yeah. Okay. And so the layout so so your temple layout was the same every time you entered, but it was different for every player. So hmm. you basically to complete the puzzle had to map your entire temple. Jesus. Uh, so every temple had 288 doors, um, one for each combination of door color, shape, and symbol. Uh, there were six colors. There was uh, 
red, blue, gold, silver, black, and green, and four shapes, uh, rectangle, triangle, pentagon, oval, and then 12 hieroglyphs. Okay. So there were 288 doors, um, and all but one of them led into a trap that would lock you in place for an hour and not let you back into the tube. (laughs) That's the Wheel of Monotony, Marn. (laughs) This feels like, um, this feels like what Destiny does. Because I know they, well, I know that they have big puzzles that happen at, um, or they have had them at different, like, releases. I don't know exactly when they happen. Please don't chew me out if you're a destiny person but i know that it's a lot of stuff that like where it gives each player an individualized thing that they have to work together to like put into a massive web as a whole to make into to figure out like how to progress the big meta puzzle i i don't know the specifics i'm sure that i'm not doing it justice by telling how it works but um yeah i know that uh i've heard some cool stuff that that's what happened in those games Yeah, so basically you had to find all 288 doors in your specific layout, Mm -hmm. map out where they were, and every one of those except for one would lead you to, like, a spike trap, or, like, a room that fills with water, or a room that turns you into a pile of sand, and it would lock you there for an hour before you could go back to mapping your tomb. Jesus so how did how did you figure out which one was the right door? Was it just trial and error, or it was just trial and error? God. Um, and once you hit the right door, um, it would lead you to a statue of a fire fairy named Nuria. Um, and on the base of the statue would be a randomly generated hieroglyph. Uh, and it had. A inscription that said, Whosoever shall speak the prophecy here shall be rewarded with treasures beyond compare. Um, And then you would be ejected out into the desert and you couldn't re-enter the tomb for half an hour. Okay. Um, But the poem... People found that the poem underneath uh, the, the temple, whatever poem you had... Uh, would give you the clue to what door that you you should be looking for. Okay. So people eventually noticed that like the poem under your tomb was also randomly generated, and it would give you a clue to the color and the shape of the door that you should be looking for. Sure. Okay. That that makes more sense. That makes more yeah. sense than just pick one of over two hundred doors to figure out which one's the right way to go. Yeah, I mean, it was it was still basically trial and error. Like you had to, um, it it only would narrow it down to twelve doors, um, because you it wouldn't tell you what hieroglyphic would be over top of it. So like you could get the color and the shape, but there would still be twelve that you'd have to pick from. That's very cool. Yeah. So like, I uh, I, I need to interrupt you real quick. Yeah. I'm clicking around. As I'm listening. Uh And I stumbled Uh into the pound. And I just saw a great bit of environmental storytelling. Uh, Looks like three of these Neopets were dropped off at the pound at the same time, I would assume. Um, The first one's name is Joyce I Love You So. The second Uh one is named Joyce Joyce 83. And the third one is named Joyce Joy Killer. 
Oh, no. So I think I just watched a Neopets breakup in real time. Oh, God. Speaking of things that are as dead as this relationship, what happens next at the tomb? So, so yeah, so, uh, so the poem that I, I read before was uh, Waking Dawn on the Dunes, Window into the Soul. Um, that would tell you that you needed a red uh, circular door uh, because Waking Dawn onto the Dunes would be red and Window into the Soul would be round because it resembled eyes, I guess. Sure, I believe it. Um, and there were eyes. other ones like uh, Bright Guardian of the Night was Silver, Blinding Radiance of the Sun was Gold, etc. and so forth. Uh, and so that would tell you like the color and shape that you needed, and then you'd have to go and map out your tomb and find every single red door, and then go through and check every single red door. Um, there were God. also there were also three special doors that were library doors. Um, and each of them had a depiction of a snake on the front. Uh, the first one had it as a constellation. Uh, the second had it as a river. And the third had it as a maze. Um, and each library door um, would take you to a small library that had four uh, of the 12 scrolls in it. Um, and you could read one of the scrolls. Uh, and it would throw you out of the temple for 12 hours. <laughs> um, and uh, we should have, when when we make another ARG, we need to do a lot uh-huh. more time locks like this. Of just like, hey, solve this puzzle by throwing a shitload of time at it. We'll be back in a week. That would be very funny. And I think we should. I think I think more args need to do time lock puzzles <laughs> where you solve it and it immediately locks you out for like an hour or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like go, like go eat lunch, you're done. Yeah, when when the puzzle's solved, it kicks you from the Discord and bans you for six hours, so you're so you yeah. can't tell anyone what the solution is. Yep. Oh, we're on to something. We're on to something. <laughs> You solve the puzzle and you immediately get banned from the Discord. <laughs> Your reward is a 12-hour ban. <laughs> we will send you some bespoke grass to touch. Oh, boy. <laughs> Your prize for solving a puzzle is that your Twitter account gets deleted. <laughs> that would be really funny. Um. So, yeah, so... so yeah, if you if you reach the library and you read one of the scrolls, it would lock you out for twelve hours. Uh, Oof! And I feel bad for the people who figured that one out. <laughs> uh, so after the third plot comic uh, went live, uh, the fortune teller started to see images in her crystal ball. Ooh! And give even more cryptic clues. So what is, uh, I know that the plot comic is updated a couple times. What's the plot? Oh boy, let me see if the pl- if the comic still exists. Uh-oh. It might be flash-based. Uh-oh. That, that's, oh my other, that's my other problem with uh, Neopets these days, is that anytime I find something cool, uh, it is flash-based. Uh, but then anytime that I find, say, a 12-hour wheel I accidentally spun, those all work still. So 
Uh, they've got good priorities together on what to what to keep moving in this new era of non-flash yeah, websites. Yeah, I know this was I know this was the uh, this was the plot they used to like introduce uh, Kasala, which was like the other like deserty realm. So like usually uh, every single one of these plots was like to introduce like a new area of the site. So like. The Haunted Woods plot introduced, um, like, a whole, like, area of the Haunted Woods that, like, opened up that I forget the name of. Sorry, everybody. Uh, So so these aren't to, this isn't, like, welcome to the Haunted Woods, or or welcome to, you know, the Lost Desert. Here's a big plot as we introduce it. This is all about, like, new places within those areas. Yeah. So, like, originally, so originally, like, the the lost desert was like only like the outskirts and Sakmet, and then they were like we're gonna introduce Kasala, like this other desert city, and we're gonna do a plot. And like the Altador plot was like, oh, we're we're uh, we're introducing Altador, and the haunted desert plot introduced Neovia, which was like a cursed city in the middle of the haunted woods. Okay. Um, so yeah, so this one was introducing Kasala. Um, I have opened. A summary of the plot. Hmm. Um, the plot began with the mysterious Prince Jazan bribing his way into Princess Amira's throne room. There he claimed to have a contract with which promised Princess Amira as his bride. The princess cast Jazan out of the city, branding him a fraud. As the prince rode away, two local thieves by the names of Tomos and Nabil followed him with the hope of scoring some treasure. They followed the prince to the ruins of the long-dead city Kasala, which had been de- deserted for 200 years. With nothing to show for their travels, they returned to Sakmet. Hmm. Okay. Um... There's, like, a bunch of other stuff. Jazan, like, comes back and transports the all of Sakmet into an alternate dimension full of, like, undead. Um, <laughs> you know, Neopet stuff. You know, Neopet stuff, because the princess won't marry him. Um, Tomos and Nabil, like, discover the tombs of ancient Kasala, and they, like, find out that it's horribly cursed and, like, only Jazan marrying a princess will lift the curse. Uh, just <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so 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 the users are like, as as all of this is going on, are, are basically like exploring the ruins of Kasala and like uh, discovering mysteries. So the fortune teller's uh, first clue is, I see ancient pharaohs laid at rest. Um, and people found out that this was a reference to the game Pyramids on the site. Uh, and if you read the clue and you went and completed a game of Pyramids, you would get a strange parchment mm. um, in which each column corresponded to a certain room in the temple. Um, and it was random for every for every single person. So okay. it had a... Um, it had... Uh, a hieroglyph, a color, and a shape. Okay. And so, in every one, there was a there was also a column indicated by a single dot. Um, and if you took whatever was in that column for you, so like in the example, it's a fish hieroglyph, a pentagonal door, and the color red. So if you went into your tomb and you found the red pentagonal door with a fish over it, you would receive a dirty stone fragment. Hmm, okay. 
uh, and then you could take that fragment to the toy repair shop, uh, and you would get it cleaned, and you could place it in your mysterious tablet. Gotcha. Um, and you could return to the fortune teller, who would give you another clue, and from there, uh, you would get the next door that you could go to for your next fragment. Cool. Um, and each, so each parchment had four columns, and they were all indicated by, like, a number of dots, and you basically had to deduce, like, which door was the correct one by knowing what clue you were on, so, like, the first the first door would be the column with one dot, and then in the second clue, you would, like, look for the column with two dots, and so on. Um, and so, eventually, there were 12 clues. They would just tell you to do different stuff around the site, um, and when you went and did that, you uh, you would get your clue. Okay, this is very involved, but a lot less... Seems like there's a lot less plot to this one than there was with the Altador one that we talked about before. Yeah, this is kind of like so when they when they started up the comics, it was very like I feel like the plot and the puzzles kind of diverged a little bit cuz like everyone who was interested in the plot would just like read the comic and everyone who was interested in, like participating would just like do the puzzles. <laughs> okay. That that checks out. Um, but after the fourth comic came out, people noticed that every instance of the hieroglyphs that had been in the comics so far were clickable and they would light up when you clicked on it. Um, or they, they would light up when you moused over it, but nothing appeared to happen when you actually clicked on it. Um, but if you went through, if you had completed your tablet and you went through and you clicked on the symbols in order that they were on your tablet, you would get a prophecy. Hmm. Uh, and there were 27 very similar prophecies. Uh, you would just get a random one. They were all variations on um, the ancient prince will cause the disappearance of the city of Sackmit. Um And whatever prophecy you received, you could take it to the statue in uh, the Temple of a Thousand Tombs. And you could speak the prophecy to the statue. Uh after which uh, a bright light would appear and a compartment would open. Um, and then if you scrolled all the way down the page, it would reveal that you had been buried in a pile of scarabs and then presumably, <laughs> ki- and then presumably kick you out of the temple again. <laughs> Ew, okay. <laughs> um, and so then Comic 5 uh, launched, which was the one where Jazan... Uh, transports Sackmit to a different dimension, uh, and when that happened, the city actually disappeared from the world map, from the Lost Desert map. Um, and, like, you can no longer access it, like, at all on the site. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> but if you visited the fortune teller, she would say that some of the royal ministers were planning to build a scroll repository in the desert to collect scrolls so that they could research how to bring the city back. Um, and a couple days later, um, a trail of footprints appeared in the empty corner of the map, and if you clicked on them, it would take you to the scroll repository. Okay. Um, and you would be confronted by guards who would tell you that you had to prove why you were there, and there was a drop-down list that would offer you a choice of six reasons. Um, and so... You... Oh boy. 
this this is a complicated one. So you had to go back to the Temple of a Thousand Tombs, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um, if you looked at the base of your statue, you would see a randomly selected symbol, like hieroglyphic symbol. If you took that symbol and you found the scroll item with the same symbol, the description of the of that scroll, like as an item on the website, was a clue. So you would have to figure out which scroll, because they all had indiv- like different individual names, had the same symbol, search that on the website, find it like in someone's shop or something, and then look at the description, and it would tell you which library you could find that scroll in, in your maze, in your tube maze. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm lost. <laughs> it's it is slightly confusing. So you would have to look at the you'd have to go to the temple, find the statue, look at the hieroglyph on the base of the statue. Then you would have to find the scroll, like the item on the website, the scroll that matched that hieroglyph cuz they all had stamps on the front with the hieroglyphs. Mm-hmm. So Say that I did it and my statue hieroglyph was an eye. So I would have to find the scroll called History of the Sakmet Dynasty Volume 3, because that is the scroll that has the eye symbol on it. And I would have to find, like, search that title in, in the shop wizard, which is like the item search mechanic on the site, mm-hmm. find the scroll... And notice that the description was, here you could sail from lake to sea. And I would look at that and be like, aha, my scroll that I need is in the library with the river on the door. Okay. (laughs) And so if you went to that library room, you would find that scroll and and you would click on it to read it. And you would get a message that said, your pet understands the scroll and gains a little insight. Um, if you had not yet visited your statue, then you would get automatically redirected to the wrong library every single time and never be able to find your scroll. Jesus. <laughs> um, if you had, if the proper scroll was the most recent scroll that your pet had read, uh, when you visited the scroll repository, one of the six reasons that you could give for being there would be the correct one, and it would match uh, whatever the title of the scroll that you had read was. Um, if it wasn't the most recent scroll you'd read, all six would be wrong, um, and you'd get thrown out for half an hour. Okay. So if if my scroll had been History of the Sackment Dynasty... Uh, my like reason for being that I would be I'm here to chronicle the construction of this repository. Okay. Um, or if mine had been the joy of burnt desert food, the reason would be I'm here with extra charcoal for the caterers. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so once you gave the right reason, uh, you would get into the scroll repository. Uh, and you would encounter the foreman who is in charge of all the workers on the construction project. Uh, but then the first thing that you would have to do in the scroll repository uh, was that it had been buried by a freak sandstorm. And so the first thing that the players had to do was carry all of the sand away. Uh, but you could each player could only carry away one handful of sand at the ta- at a time. <laughs> 
<laughs> so depending on the speed of your active pet, uh, you could carry one handful of sand per uh any one to three hours so like if your pet had a speed under 20 you had to wait three hours in between carrying a handful of sand uh and if your pet's speed was 80 or above it only took one hour so so Mart, you're in middle school yeah <laughs> you're sitting in math class and you're thinking oh boy i can't wait to get home so I can click on a pile of sand, and then three hours later, the game will let me take the pile of sand over to somewhere else, and then I can start the process again. I love this website. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Yep. Okay. Um, and every So every time you took a handful of sand, there was a random chance that you could get an item. Of course. Um, and there was also a random chance that that item might be a Lost Desert paintbrush. <laughs> what, do, what do Lost Desert paintbrushes make you... How do they change your person what do they look like uh like little pharaohs yeah That's you cool. they look like little ancient egypt guys cool um and it took players about four days to carry away enough sand and they carried just <laughs> over a hundred thousand handfuls of sand good god good god <laughs> And once they had done that, they had uh, they had unburied the pyramid in which the scroll repository was going to be based. Um, do you want to guess what the next phase was? <laughs> I did. You have to find a specific pixel on the website, but you can only look at the image for five seconds every three days. So well, I'll tell had- you, Andrew. <laughs> I'll tell you, Andrew. They had to excavate. 4,330 blocks from the pyramid. (laughs) This is what I meant when I was like, why would I play Neopets? There's nothing to do. (laughs) I wasn't getting involved in the block carrying puzzle. So each block had a hieroglyph carved into it, and it required five players working at the same time to move it. So you had to And you had to do this for how many blocks? (laughs) 4,330. <laughs> we haven't gotten to the best part yet. <laughs> How can this get better? <laughs> so you had to find the block with the symbol that was on your statue. Uh-huh. Uh, and you had to move that with five other people. But for every block, there was a random chance that it was set on top of a pile of scarabs, which would frighten all of your pets and force them to run outside where you had to wait for half an hour. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. But every other block, there was, like, a, a, a chance that, like, a medium to high quality item uh, would, would be behind it. There, there are a lot of times when i look at old websites and say boy i miss the old internet uh everything you've told me about neopets makes me so excited about uh the current age of the internet or at least i know people are scamming me for my time yep oh boy still spinning that wheel by the way (laughs) yeah how's that going (laughs) you know still spinning hasn't landed yet (laughs) So, would you like to guess how long it took for all of the blocks to be cleared? So, five th- about uh, 4,000 something blocks, all taking five people to do, with a random chance that it fails. It's probably ridiculously high. Um, 
I'm going to say that it takes, it's either going to take two weeks or five hours. 22 hours. 22 hours? Yep. That's it? Damn, all right. Yep. Huh. Jesus, all right. So what what happened next? They had to each scare away an individual bird that was perched inside of the pyramid, or bat was perched inside the pyramid that had taken up arms, but you had to get three players that each had a specific uh, Neopet that all had the same paint color in order to interact with that bat. <laughs> and if they got the puzzle wrong, then a scarab came out, and they had to go to Altador <laughs> for six hours. So the next puzzle was they had to put furniture inside of the repository. They had to do what? They had to, they had to decorate the repository. Of course, you had to decorate it. Yeah, they had to put furniture in it. Yeah. um so there were like chalk outlines on the floor and you had to like pick up pieces of furniture and match them to the chalk outlines um but in order to put it down you had to talk to a npc who was the interior decorator and then you and then you could put the furniture down um but the interior decorator was always in a random location in the repository, so you had to click through every floor of the repository to find the interior decorator, and then you could put furniture down. All right, give me a minute. I'm going to look up how to abandon a Neopet, because I think <laughs> I'm done. Oh, boy. All right, so what happens after... They've decorated well enough. So then thieves started stealing furniture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there was a ch- there's like a random chance that you could put furniture down and that it would be stolen. Um, okay. But finally, all 1,829 pieces of furniture were placed. Huh, okay. And from there, you could finally read scrolls. Oh, goody. Unfortunately, each scroll takes 12 hours to decipher. Well, there were several thousand of them, so... (laughs) 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 (sighs) Someone I know was, like, really excited for us to talk about this plot, because they were like, yeah, all of the puzzles were absolutely bullshit, and I was like... Surely, I don't remember them being that bad. They were that bad. (laughs) I I miss the day. I miss like middle school and high school so much. I used to play so many video games with my time. Nowadays, I'm like, I can give myself an hour of Ace Attorney time before I turn into a napsicle on the couch. Uh, I miss the days when I could be like, yeah, this sounds like a good use of my time. I'll wait for a thousand people to read scrolls together. (laughs) <laughs> it'll only I take think... us the whole afternoon i'll spin I a really wheel while think... i do it i really think that we need more args like puzzles that just like outright troll people like this i think we have to go back to this model of puzzle i think we need a couple puzzles that do this if this is the basis of your whole arg get some help well, yeah, I mean, I would not love for this to be, like, the basis of a whole arc, but I would love just once to, like, <laughs> stick players unexpectedly in a puzzle where it's, like, yeah, you have to go, like, you have to click on a thousand objects, and if you do it wrong, it kicks you out of the site for 30 minutes. <laughs> Gosh. 
I mean, I feel like we talk all the time about, like, how to keep players from solving things in, like, 15 minutes. Like, here we go. Neopets clearly has an answer to that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, there, uh, there were thousands of scrolls. Each one had a colored seal. Uh, there were seven different colors. Uh... Each one had one of the 12 symbols on it, and then there were five different sizes of scroll. So there were 420 distinct scroll images. Um, but the scroll styles were apparently irrelevant, so there were actually 84 distinct scrolls. Um, and reading any given scroll in the scroll repository would give you the message, your pet reads the scroll and hopefully learns something. Hopefully. 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 Um, (laughs) At this point, people found that the foreman uh, who had been working on the tomb construction had been relocated to being the head chef at the repository. Uh, And if you talk to him, he would tell you that he didn't have any food to prepare. Um, And if you had and if you had completed all of the plot up to this part uh, he would mention that he wished he had a souvenir from some exotic place. Um, so you would have to go back to the Temple of a Hundred Tombs and find the gift shop of a th- or Temple of a Thousand Tombs and find the gift shop of a thousand trinkets. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the gift shop uh, cashier would say that she only had one souvenir, uh, and she would bring it to you if you brought if you brought her some black smoke in return, uh, and she would give you, like, an empty vial to catch smoke in. Um, and people were like, well, what, what do we do with this? Because, like, there was no clue as to, like, what you would actually do with it. Um, but then, in the Battle Dome, people noticed that there was a new challenger called the Spirit of the Ruins, who is made of black smoke. Um... And if you equipped the vial to your pet and you attacked the spirit of the ruins with it, it would put the spirit inside the vial. Okay. Uh, And then you could take the vial back to the gift shop clerk and you could trade it for a novelty t-shirt, which you could then take to the chef. uh, And then he would give you a useless crystal that he had gotten his hands on. Hmm. Remember the useless crystal. We will come back to it. <laughs> every every item I've ever seen in Neopets seems like it is simultaneously useless and also incredibly valuable with like at the same time slash no in between. Yep. And I don't know what any of them do or mean, but I feel like I can't get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> so then a couple days later, uh, the repository was updated to have uh, names to all of the rooms. Um, And it was also updated to have a card catalog uh, right in the entryway. Um, And each rack of the card catalog had a list of the hieroglyphs in it. Um, And so, and they were also color coded. So there was like yellow, red, blue, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So like, if you wanted to know where the yellow paw print hieroglyph scroll was, uh, you would click on the yellow shelf and it would tell you, it would have a list of all the hieroglyphs and you would read down and say, okay, the cat, it, uh, the yellow paw print scroll is in the catacombs section grit 
or like if you wanted to know where um the like i symbol was for yellow you would scroll up and say okay the i the yellow i symbol is in the western archives of the stacks okay um and like and you would be able to click around and be like okay like here here are the stacks on the third floor here's the western archive section of the stacks um and and then you could click around in that room and find which one had the right scroll on it and like find which shelf had the right scroll on it okay uh there was also discovered to be a secret basement to the repository uh which had a map room oh why didn't um, you all just go there instead it <laughs> saved y'all a bit of time and most of the time it was in darkness but one hour out of every eight um randomly assigned to you so like you would randomly assign you would randomly get assigned three hours during the day that sunlight would be shining into the room and you would have to figure out what those three hours were (laughs) of course yeah of course uh and it had like a little miniature model of the city in it here i'll send you a picture um, I, it's just like a basement with a little tiny model of the city. I know that I'm kind of uh, I, I know that I'm I'm kind of poo pooing this game, but I do actually respect a game that does not care about uh, your players' time. There's there's something I, kind of pure to that to me. Yeah, I agree. I think it's fun. <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think it's the best way to design a game or anything but i i do i there's a level of respect there of just like okay y'all don't care and i and y'all are making that known and i respect it yeah yeah i think it's fun Uh (laughs) i like i don't know i like games that are like unabashedly kind of tedious (laughs) this is this is like it's like a clicker game it kind of is. Just where you're just like, we're going to sit and just play this game idly and get through it instead of like truly trying to like work through puzzles and stuff like that, which there's something to that. It's not my cup of tea, but there's something to it. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I don't know. I like I like it when <laughs> when games are kind of like, fuck you, I'm going to be, like, as hard and tedious as I want to be, and, like, we're not going to make this easy for you at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I just think it's good. I think, I don't want to say, like, more ARG should be like that, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I like it when it's, like, very clearly, like, the designers knew what they were doing, and they, like, didn't give a shit about, like, mm-hmm. players bouncing off of it. Yeah, 100%. Especially, like, for Neopets. It's, yeah, it's very weird that it's Neopets doing this. Just because it's, like, I think of Neopets as that game for kids, you know? And so it's, with the you know, it, it, so it's very surprising to me that this is what they're going with for their their game. is the game where you all have to, like, work together and collaborate and figure out very, like, tedious, esoteric clues. Yeah. It's just, like... <laughs> It's really funny that they did this for like an audience of mostly middle schoolers. Right. <laughs> exactly. I it's one of those things I bet that there's a uh like if someone put out like an actual study of the user base of Neopets in its heyday, I'm sure that it would be 
the de- I'm sure the demographics would be more surprising and like more adults than you would expect. It's just that like I was in middle school when it came out, so I just assumed it was a middle schooler thing. But like even then, I I can't imagine like their advertised intended audience really vibing with something like this super well. But then again, I am talking to you, so uh, what do I know? <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is an interesting one to talk about first cuz like then we're going to go and talk about the haunted woods which I think was slightly easier in terms of puzzles. Okay. Um I could eat my words on that. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um but so yeah, so so there is this map room uh in the basement. Um, you had to figure out when, for you, it would be lit by sunlight, um, and then you would have to click the top, like, the spire of the palace, and it would place your useless crystal there. Okay. Um, and that, and the sunlight would strike the crystal and project a series of colored dots onto the wall in red, yellow, and blue. Mm, yeah. So there were exactly 12 colored spots and four blank spots, and they would match up to the 16 symbols on your completed tablet. Huh. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm seeing the pictures you're linking. Mm. I'm not sure exactly what I'm looking at or how it works, but I, I can, I can, I'm picking up what you're putting down. So basically, yeah, you you would have to take that line of of dots and be like, and just like transpose it onto your tablet and just from like from left to right, mm-hmm. essentially. Okay. Um, and so then people were like, okay, we have to read those scrolls. So like, we have to read like from the one that I I I pasted into the chat that you're looking at. So it would be like, okay, I have to read like the blue duck scroll in the repository, and I have to read like the yellow sun scroll. Sure. Um, and people are like. Well, what order do we read them in? Like, do we read them in the order on the tablet? Like, is there a special order? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you clicked your useless crystal and examined it in your inventory, you would be able to see the three gems, the red, yellow, and blue gems across the top. Uh, and the order of those gems on your crystal from left to right dictated the color order that you had to read those scrolls in. So... I know our listeners can't see this, but if my gem says, you know, red, yellow, blue, clear, then according to our tablet, I'm reading like red, onk, blue, duck, yellow, sun, clear, onk, next line, red fish, blue fish, yellow fish, plate. So if your first crystal was red, you would read all of the red ones first. Okay. Like in o- in order. So, you go, so red onk, red fish, red paw, red plate, blue duck, blue fish, blue plate, blue sun. Jesus. Okay. Yep. All right. So now that we've read our scrolls, what does it do? Um. So then uh, people had to figure out uh, that actually you weren't supposed to read them in the order they were on your tablet. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You had to read them in the order the symbols appeared in the card catalog for each color. 
Oh, so okay. You would be like, okay, I have to go read every red scroll on my that's like highlighted on my tablet. But first, you would have to go to the card catalog and say, okay, so the order that I'm supposed to read them in, according to the card catalog, is paw print, plate, onk, fish. God, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, I don't want to say it's bad puzzle design. I'll say this it. One's a little, I'll say this it. This one's a little bit esoteric. I'll say it. I'll scream it to the hills. <laughs> this puzzle doesn't make sense in eight different ways. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, this one's... I know I just went on a whole thing that was like, I like it when when args are intentionally like esoteric and like fuck you, we don't care, but like this one, I don't know about this one, guys. <laughs> well, it's one of those it's um you got to know the rules to know how to break them. You know, like you yeah. can be needlessly yeah, yeah, yeah. esoteric, but there's a difference in doing it well and doing it poorly. Yeah. All right. So yeah, so, so you had to read all 12 scrolls in the right order. Um Every scroll that you needed only appeared once in the archives, um, which uh, made it either more tricky or less tricky, depending on how you think of it. Um, All of the other kind of like random scrolls on the shelves were just filler. Um, But when you read the 12th one in the correct order, you would get a message that said, a sharp eye holds the next step. Okay. Um, And people figured out that this meant you had to go to one of the spike traps in the Temple of a Thousand Tombs. Um, You had to intentionally fall into a spike trap um, and click on one of the eye sockets in the skulls in the spike trap. God, Um, okay. And if you you did that, you would find a second useless crystal. Oh, so you get to do the process all over again. You sure do. Great. (laughs) I love this. Except this time with different colors. <laughs> so what do we get from reading these scrolls now that we've done this whole process of it? So this time it gave you uh, purple, green, and orange scrolls. Um, and to do this one, you had to read the scrolls in reverse order. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. So if you got a if you got a green scroll, uh, you would have to read the blue and yellow scrolls for that symbol, um, and or like if you got a purple scroll, you had to read like the blue and red scrolls for that symbol. So you had to like break all of that down and then figure out that you had to read all of those in reverse order. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. And if you did that, uh, you would get the clue. This clue does not exist, uh, which is a reference to the hidden, <laughs> which is a reference to the the hidden Neopets world of Jelly World, um, which is a hidden uh, location that does not appear on the Neopets map. Oh, good lord! Okay, uh, you can only get there by typing Neopets.com/jelly. Um, and people were like, oh, okay, so they had to go into the temple again and find the jelly blob trap, uh, and then click on the jelly blob, and then they would find a third useless crystal. Yay! <laughs> um, 
And if you took that to the map room, you would get the exact same pattern of lights as you had before. <laughs> uh, but people realized that uh, you had to read the scrolls corresponding to the unlit squares this time. I'm going to punch a bloomeroo in the face. <laughs> um, and they realized that for the unlit squares, you had to read the red, yellow, and blue scroll of all of those symbols. Okay. And people were like, but what order do we read them in? And in order to find their clue, they had to go and talk to the chef again. Uh, and they found that his toenails were painted blue, yellow, and red. Um, <sighs> or red, yellow, blue, or whatever the, the random order was. Sure. And that was their clue as to what order they had to find them in. I don't know how people fucking figured this out. <laughs> you got one guy that really likes shopkeeper feet. And he's like, oh, guys, I've got a breakthrough. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you if you read the scrolls in the right order, they would reveal the location of the secret white scroll, uh, and then you would be able to read the white scroll, read it, and then proceed to the next one. Um, but after each white scroll, the chef's toenails would change, and you would have to go back and learn the new color order. Yeah, you gotta find the new code. Yep. Uh, once you read all four white scrolls... Um, you would get the clue, the solution to the puzzle is thus, followed by a number of strange diagrams and figures. Somehow it all makes sense. Um, and there was a trap in the in the temple that was an unsolvable riddle trap. Um, and so people went there and they found the fourth useless crystal. How many would useless like crystals are we going to find in this game? Well, Andrew, would you like to guess what the fourth one does? What's it do, Marn? I will send you a picture. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, makes them into a laser beam that shoots through the wall. <laughs> I'm back in. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, so the first useless crystal uh, burned a hole through the wall. Uh, and it w it opened up a secret chamber containing a mysterious scroll, um, and you could take it to the fortune teller, uh, who wasn't able to decipher it, but she would make a copy of it to study. Okay, so we finally get something. Are we moving somewhere? Uh, perhaps. So, uh, <laughs> so after that, the plot happened a little bit, uh... Prince Jazan, as you may remember, who is the prince of the, the cursed city, uh, his evil father returned to wreak havoc in Sakmet, uh, his father, uh, Razul. Um, and then the fortune teller figured out how to read the scroll. Um, and it was a guide to translating the Sakmet uh, hieroglyphics into Kasalan hieroglyphics. Um, and so if you took the scroll to your mysterious tablet, uh, you basically unlocked a mini game where you could attempt to translate your mysterious tablet into Kasalan hieroglyphics. Hmm. And so basically what that looked like is you would get a bunch of the a bunch of the hieroglyphics were autofilled for you, and then you would get like a letter bank of ones to fill in the blank spaces 
and you could place those into the tablet and click attempt to translate. And then it would give you a series of white and black dots. And the white dots would say like how many spots have the correct symbol and the black dots were how many spots have a correct symbol that's in the wrong place. Okay. So it was just a guessing game basically. Yeah. Um, and then once you solve the tablet, um, you got a congratulation from the fortune teller and then people were like, well, that surely can't be it. What do we do? (laughs) (laughs) Um, and they realized that if they viewed the comics again, they found new clickable symbols corresponding to the new hieroglyphics. And if you click those in the right order, you would get a prophecy that said the golden eye shines truth upon those who would do evil. And you could take that prophecy to the temple of a thousand tombs. Um, you could speak it to the statue and then you would be buried in a mountain of scarabs. <laughs> oh, like old times. Yep. Um, so people then realized that in the comics, you had to click the symbols in the reverse order of how they appeared on the tablets because uh, the fortune teller actually noted that Kassalan was read from uh, was read backwards compared to the Sakmet uh, symbols, and people were like, oh, "Okay, we have to do it in reverse order." Um, <laughs> and so then you would get the real prophecy, which was the father of the prince will destroy the great desert. The father of the prince will destroy the great desert. Yeah. Good. And if you sp- deserves it after <laughs> all you- this. <laughs> and if you went to the statue and you put that in, uh you would get a option between uh three weapons. Uh the scimitar of eternal dawn, the mace of righteous flame, or the spear of infinite wisdom. Okay. Uh and no matter which one you choose, it immediately disintegrated. <laughs> <laughs> Although it would stay in your inventory. Um Okay. And so what you had to do is you had to bring, you had to equip the, like, damage weapon, you had to go to the battle dome to fight Razul, and if you used the damage weapon, it would immediately reduce him to zero hit points. Uh, and once enough players did that, uh, he was dead for real, and the plot ended. Okay. Well... <laughs> Oh boy. Oh boy. So that's the thing. <laughs> that is the thing. Huh. The Neopets plots, I would say from from a certain point onward, kind of progressed past like go like search around in fun ways on the site and like look at pet pages and stuff to like do these increasingly tedious tasks and trial and error something 200 times and fuck you if you wanted a story just read the comics instead you don't say like if you're, <laughs> like if you're here for the puzzle oh boy you're getting a puzzle yeah i'm i'm tired and i didn't even do the thing i'm just hearing What's about that? the thing and i'm like oh boy i'm exhausted we put in so much work 
Hey, I'm Saker. And I'm Evan. And our podcast is It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hey, what's that podcast about, Ev? So, do you know of a band called Bare Naked Ladies? One week. Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I know yeah. of them. Do you ever want to learn more about them? Or... Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well, then this is the podcast for you because we teach you nothing with various guests. Yeah, like uh, like Matt Besser. Holy we shit. Climbed in a second story window and partied in this house where we barely. Didn't know it all, the people. That was crazy. Holy fuck, Mike Mitchell. Why? Well, I, I don't know how how like how much you guys really do love bare naked ladies. Justin McElroy. Grab your tongue. Grab your tongue, and I want you to say Our "born tongue. on a pirate ship." Born on a pirate ship. You were born on a pile of shit, and many more. So check it out. But also, if you don't like bare naked ladies, we talk about them probably like a third of the time. So. Uh, yes. That's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We can make a board game about it. All right. I'm hoping The Lost Woods is a little bit more interesting. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about The Tale of Woe. I'm going to summarize a little bit of the plot first. And I will say right now that this was my favorite plot for a reason. Okay. It was the Haunted Woods plot called The Tale of Woe. Yeah, I know you, Marn. I know what's up. Everyone listening to this is now being like, of course this was Marn's favorite Neo Vets plot. Yeah, I I know Marn bait when I see it. I have a word that <laughs> when when my friends and I talk about things, we say this is Marn bait. That's a word that we <laughs> use to describe things. Yep. <laughs> so um I'm gonna read a little bit of the comic story because like it is actually relevant to the plot. Um Okay. So this plot actually has a frame story. Um and uh the thing that kicked this off was uh the Haunted Woods map uh changed to have a little campground set up outside the deserted fairgrounds. Um and if you entered the campground, uh you would encounter uh one of like a, a creepy elephant uh, who would tell? Who would begin to tell you a tale of woe? Uh, and the frame story was uh, it featured a character named Gilly, who is uh, the protagonist of the Flash game, uh, the Castle of Elothade. Uh, basically, like she gets lost in a in a castle like that is like owned by a, a creepy anagram liking guy, and you have to like solve anagrams to get out of the castle. Um, it features Gilly, uh, she stumbles across the camp, um, and she meets this elephant who begins to tell her a story of a cursed town called Neovia, um, and the story of this cursed town, uh, centers around a family, um, they have three children, uh, the oldest son is named Bruno, uh, who wishes to be stronger so that he can impress this girl that he likes. Um, and he was approached by this mysterious, creepy-looking stranger named Mr. Crawley, who offers him an elixir that will grant his dreams. Um, and it makes him stronger overnight. And then his father seeks out Mr. Crawley and gets a potion to become rich. And then everyone in Neovia starts drinking this, like, magic potion that can grant their wishes. Uh, and mm. the only person in town who doesn't drink it is Sophie, Bruno's younger sister. Um, okay. And as you may have guessed, 
the potion uh, starts to horribly mutate the townsfolk of Neopia. <gasps> it didn't go well? It surely didn't. <laughs> um, so, Mr. Crawley uh, leaves town. Uh, the people of Neovia s- use Bruno's family as their scapegoats for the mutations. Um, Bruno asks his younger brother, Reginald, uh, to take Sophie away um, in order to hide her from the rest of the town. Uh, Reginald and Sophie encounter this earth fairy named Elir in the woods, uh, who offers to take care of Sophie. And so Sophie basically becomes the apprentice of this, this like feared earth fairy who lives in the woods. Um, Bruno has to flee into the woods to protect himself. And the mayor of town, uh, proposes that they summon this, like, fabled spirit of slumber to lift the curse. Uh, and so they summon the spirit of slumber, who lifts the curse in exchange for the townspeople becoming ghosts. Um, and they can only haunt the town of Neovia for one night each year on Halloween. Okay. So that's where that's where our story begins. This is a Halloween plot. We're almost timely with this. Yeah, that's a is a neat setup. I like this. I went to I went to a Halloween city this week. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um the the like the shopping center uh, that's right up the street from me has a spirit Halloween and a Halloween city, and I boy I tell you I have been to both of those <laughs> in the past two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> And I have spent money at both of them. (laughs) (laughs) I bought, uh, fans of the podcast may not know this, because I I think I only put it on my private Twitter, I bought a Riddler cane. (laughs) Yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's my (laughs) (laughs) co-host. I was legitimately peer pressured by Alyssa and Blake into buying a Riddler cane. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's really funny. Alyssa, Alyssa was like, you know how our friends had a keyblade mounted on the wall of their house? We should mount a Riddler cane on the wall of our house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I also bought some novelty wine glasses at Spirit Halloween, and I immediately broke one of them because I uh, was coming up the steps of... Or I, w- I was walking across the street from like where I had parked my car um, to our apartment complex. And I saw one of our neighbors coming out the front door with their like extremely tiny puppy. And I got so excited about the puppy (laughs) that I tripped on the curb and ate shit on the sidewalk and dropped the bag with my novelty wine glasses in. (laughs) 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 oh boy i busted my knee too we uh we went to a um sorry i mentioned mounting uh keyblades earlier and we went to a ren Mm -hmm. fair a weekend or two ago and i spent like a good time in the in the it's the first time i've been as an adult so i spent a good amount of time like looking at swords without like touching them and i kind of made an offhand comment to sam like i wonder how heavy that thing would be and she was like, you can pick it up. And I literally said, like, oh, I'm not old enough. And she looked at me and I was like, oh, I guess I can I can pick up 
the swords now. I am an adult now. I'm just, I only ever win as a kid when, like, my parents were like, absolutely do not touch anything that looks like it could cut you. So I was just like, oh, "Oh, I can do this now. Uh, We don't have any swords to mount on the walls. I didn't find anything good, but I I considered it. (laughs) Nothing as cool as a Riddler King, though. Yeah, Alyssa got me because she reminded me that when the Robert Pattinson Batman movie comes out, all of the Riddler merch is going to become like grayscale and like gritty. Oh, <laughs> I, I never, like, oh, I man, never thought right. of that. Ew. I was like, oh man, you're right. This is probably my last chance to buy a green and purple Riddler cane, huh? <laughs> yeah. Ugh. <laughs> hmm. Um the 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 Halloween city also just opened, so it's not like totally finished yet. And there were a lot of places where it was like weed themed end cap coming soon. They <laughs> 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 just had the sides. <laughs> oh, I love Halloween. Uh, I I also noticed apparently this has been like a thing and I just like haven't been in a spirit Halloween in the past several years. Um, Spirit and Halloween City both have creepy pasta sections now, and you can get costumes of Slenderman and the Rake. Oh, I can start putting together my web series. <laughs> and Jeff the Killer. I don't know that one, and I'm cool with it. Their Slenderman masks do have eye holes, though, which is very <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> like big ones Blake and I were looking at it I was like so what what are they doing here oh that's so like, dumb that it's it's it's, it's, it's so funny. that's the oh god that's just a white face <laughs> yeah wait I tweeted a picture of it hang on <laughs> I'll send it to you we've gotten off on a tangent immediately but this is important to <laughs> this me this is very important yeah, that's a hundred percent not Slenderman. This is just a bleached version of the Red Hood. Here's the rake. <laughs> God, I'm coming for you, Everyman Hybrid. <laughs> I I said this in a group chat that uh, that Jeff Everyman Hybrid is in. <laughs> um. So yeah. So so yeah. We're uh, we're doing the Halloween plot. We're almost we're almost timely for Halloween plot. Oh, hell um, yeah. So when the third part of the prologue was released, um, there was a new link added to the campgrounds that let users go and explore the deserted town of Neovia. Um, the only, like, you could you could kind of click around, but the only thing there was to find was uh, there was a burned house, um, and there were several regions of the house that you could click, um, and a random one would turn up a... Um, a mysterious locket. Uh, and once you had the locket in your inventory, you could go into the deserted fairgrounds and talk to the different like NPCs at the fairgrounds to try and figure out if they knew anything about the locket. But you would have to play their games first, of course. Um <laughs> Because like mm-hmm. the the thing with the deserted fairgrounds is like all of the all of the games are like legitimately scams. Like there's almost <laughs> no way to win at any of them. Okay, um, it's like extreme. Like there's an extremely extremely tiny chance that you can win most of them. I think God. is what it is. Um, 
they are all like extremely rigged on the site though. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you would have you would have to play it and then you could actually ask uh the the carney at the at the stand um about the locket. Um each of them would give you a random answer um but you had to speak to them in a very specific order. Um and people figured this out uh because each line of dialogue had a numerical word uh, one, ten, hundred, or thousand that dictated the order in which you had to talk to them. Mm, um, so, okay. like, if you went up to the cork gun, uh, kiosk and the, and like the NPC there had the, the dialogue that said one, like that was the first one you had to talk to. Okay. Um, and you, the player in the guise of Gilly, uh, once you talk to all of them in the correct order, uh, you would get an extra little line of dialogue from Gilly indicated, indicating that you could now explore farther into the woods to find out about the locket. Um, and you could return to Neovia, uh, and there was a new path available to you. Um, and once you clicked on the path, it would take you to a spooky shack, uh, where you got a to-be-continued image. Okay. Uh, and then chapter one of the comic came out, uh, which kind of recapped for people who weren't playing the puzzle, uh, Gilly discovering Neovia and the locket, uh, talking to the carnies, and then finding the spooky shack. Uh, and inside the shack was Sophie the Swamp Witch, uh, who is indeed Bruno's younger sister, uh, who recognizes the locket and takes it from Gilly and throws her out of the swamp. Um, Sophie is one of my favorite Neopets characters. I, on the site, use the, the, like, Sophie-themed banners and stuff for the site. Mm-hmm. Um, here, I will, I'll show you a picture of her. She's very Marnbait. Yeah, Marnbait, <laughs> yeah. She's a Swamp Witch. Oh, you like this one, huh? Weird. <laughs> she is, <laughs> I like the Swamp Witch, what can I say? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, so, uh, it starts to rain on Gilly, uh, Gilly seeks shelter in a cave, and then, uh, the second puzzle is linked from there, um, if you went to Sophie's shack, you would get a link to the cave, uh, the cave was a three by three grid of connected rooms, um, but each player's cave randomly had two doors in the cave removed just to give variability, uh, between the player's caves, um, and two of the rooms were illuminated by moonlight. Okay. Uh, in the cave, you could find objects uh, that were a lamppost, a table, a chest, a key, a chair, a stand mirror, and a pile of rotting garbage. <laughs> um, you couldn't pick up... The- so the table and the chest were too heavy to be picked up. Um, you could only pick up a little bit of the garbage, um, and you couldn't do anything useful with the chest and the key. Okay. Um, as you moved around the cave, you would also find sometimes that something was following you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and sometimes you would encounter it. Uh, it was a it was a shapeless beast too dim to see in the darkness of the cave, but it would frighten you off to another room of the cave. Okay. Um, you could so through trial and error and discovering that you could pick up one item at a time and set it down in another location. Um, People realized that you could set down, um, you had to set down the garbage, the lamppost, the chair, and the mirror in 
certain target areas in the cave in order to cause the mysterious creature to knock itself out. Um, because if the creature came into a room with, uh, with the garbage in it, it would try to eat the rotting food and then become dizzy with nausea. Um, it would then see its reflection in the mirror and panic and then turn to flee, trip over the lamppost, um, and then hit its head at falling into the chair. Hmm. Okay. Um, and all of this had to take place in one of the rooms that was illuminated by moonlight because it then triggered a cutscene in which Gilly could see that the creature was the mutated Bruno from the first part of the comic. Um, and then okay. you got a to be continued. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Uh, after which chapter two of the comic came out. Uh, in which Bruno chases Gilly out into the woods. Uh, Gilly runs to Sophie's shack, and then Bruno and Sophie lay eyes on each other for the first time in several years. Um, Sophie thought that Bruno had died with the rest of the Neovians and became a ghost, Um, but actually he was just out being a mutant in the woods. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And he also also thought that Sophie was dead, so big emotional sibling reunion. (laughs) Um... Chapter three of the comic also comes out. Uh, Bruno and Sophie catch each other up on what happened to them. Uh, them and Gilly decide to visit Elir the Earth Fairy, who had brought Sophie to the witch's shack uh, in order to find out more about the spirit of slumber. Uh, and the third puzzle was a flash puzzle, uh, which was actually a series of three puzzles where you had to explore the haunted woods in order to find Elir. Um, and it was another kind of like map puzzle uh, with rooms with pathways that led uh, deeper into the woods. Um, so the first section of the swamp had like five different quote unquote rooms that you could go back and forth between. Uh, and in one of them was a two headed hissy uh, and one head always lied and one always told the truth. Okay. Um, but the two heads were constantly bickering, so you could not ask them a question. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the solution was you had to explore the swamp, find a pointy stick, and then poke one of the heads with it. <laughs> uh, and if that head exclaimed that you hadn't poked it and it hadn't hurt at all, <laughs> that would tell you which head was lying. Sure. Uh, and then it would let you progress um, to the next part of the maze, um, which was the High Woods, uh, which consisted of 20 rooms, uh, and strewn around them were various lengths of vine. Uh, you, could, you could collect icky vines, rotting vines, crumbling vines, gross vines, and decaying vines. And those were all six seconds or less? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, there was also a special room with a cliff. And basically, you had to collect vines in order to weave a rope and descend the cliff. Um, And each vine had a randomly distributed strength value, um, which differed for each player. Um, And so when you tried to go over the, the cliff, you would braid together the vines that were in your inventory, and it would take all of those strength values and calculate the average strength and that was what determined if you made it down the cliff safely. Okay. That seems weirdly so, behind the scenes. 
Yeah. So like if your if your average strength was over 3.5, then you can make it down clearly. So basically you had to figure out like which vine for you specifically was the strongest one and then collect all of those. Okay. Um and then if if your if your average strength was under 3.5, um it would just tell you that your rope was too weak and you had to try again basically. Um and then you would enter the deep woods uh which had ghost meepits scattered about. Um meepits are pet pets. I don't know if you know that. They're like I know meepits. Meepits? Yeah, they were like a meme on the site for like a really long time. Okay. Um and the the artists like enjoyed using them and stuff. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So there were uh, there were seven ghost meepits scattered around the thirty rooms of the deep woods, um, but they would run away if you tried to pick them up. Um, and you would have to acquire ghost meepit juice uh, in order to get them. And the way that you did that was by playing my favorite game, Meepit Juice Break. <laughs> um, so this is why you're so and- good at it. It's literal <laughs> Marn bait. And so if you played the game and you submitted a score of 300 or higher, it would give you an item called Meepit Juice, which you could then take and try to feed the ghost Meepits. Um, but then Sophie would turn it, would have to turn it into ghost Meepit Juice first. How good is a um, score of 300? Um, is that a is that a you have to try or is that a like no that's like you can play one level and get three hundred okay like the the bar is not that high sure <laughs> um I can tell you my high score hold up if anybody who is listening to this is like actually like better than me at me pit juice break they're probably gonna laugh uh, my high score is two thousand four hundred six. Uh, okay. The top score on the entire website is 4,647. So you're halfway there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 300 is like, if you play one level, you're probably going to have 300 points. Okay. Um, so yeah, so Sophie would turn the, the Meepit Juice into Ghost Meepit Juice, uh, and then you could feed that to the Ghost Meepits, and they would follow you. Um, once you had collected seven of them, uh, you could visit Alir's Gate, uh, that had runes on it that said dance friend and enter. Uh, and you had to place the That's ghost cute. meepits down in a circle, uh, in like a lighted circle next to the gate. Uh, and they would have emotions that ranged from sad, neutral, happy, or dancing. Uh, and you had to rearrange them until all seven of them were dancing. Okay. Uh, and then once all of them were dancing... Uh, the gate opened and you got a little to be continued. Okay. And then chapter four of the comic went up, uh, in which Alir meets with the heroes and tells them about the spirit of slumber. Uh, at, then they visit the brain tree and the esophagor who are two like monsters that live in the haunted woods and they give quests. Um, Sophie says that she could probably summon the spirit of slumber if they could find the bones of the Neopet he had been in life. Cool. Uh, but they don't know his name, so they will have to dig up every grave in the haunted woods in order to find him. Awesome. Love that. But there are too many graveyards in the haunted woods, so they have to find the graveyards first. <laughs> 
And so the player would have to visit the caretaker's vault outside of the game graveyard, which was like a little silly graveyard set up for like games that were no longer on the site, which is now all of them. So I would guess they had a, they haven't updated that one in a while. <laughs> um, they would visit the caretaker's vault um, and they would meet him. He would say that he has detailed lists of every graveyard in the haunted woods, but his reference book had recently been stolen by unknown thieves. Mm. Um, and people realized that what they had to do was uh, they had to play a game of fetch in the haunted woods, which is like a maze game where you go around and collect different objects. Um, and if you played it on hard mode, the books would appear in the center of the maze and uh, once you located them, they would appear in your, like, quest inventory or whatever. It would, like, save that you had found them. You didn't even have to finish the game. You just had to find them. Um, and then you could go and return them to the caretaker. Okay. Uh, and then, once he had checked them over, uh, you were allowed to peruse them. Uh, and he would give you information that the first 25 to 30 graveyards in the list... Uh, could only be accessed via specific directions from the caretaker himself. Um, and once you visited one of the graveyards, you would find Sophie, uh, and you were given the option to fetch potion ingredients for Sophie, dig up graves, or use a bone testing potion to analyze a particular <laughs> grave and see whether they belong to the spirit of slumber. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Love a bone testing potion. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, oof, my uh, bones. And <laughs> so once a graveyard had been completely dug up um, by by various different players, uh, it was removed from the graveyard list and a new one was added. Uh, in total, this uh, Neopets plot solution guide says, 759 graveyards were dug up and 12 more were partially dug up during this phase of the puzzle. Jesus. Yeah. Is is bone testing juice literally just bone hurting juice or bone testing potion? I don't, I don't think so because okay. you're not testing it on living people. You know what? You got me there. That's fair. I was conflating two things. I kind of thought potion. That means a living person has to drink it. You'd be like, yep, those are bones. <laughs> but we're using them to check a grave dug up. So that makes sense. Ignore me. I've been driven mad by the ticking of the uh, the wheel of monotony. It's still going, huh? Sure is. Oh, boy. So, yeah. So, if you accepted uh, a task to fetch Sophie's potion ingredients, uh, she would give you the name of an ingredient to get from her shack uh, and, and send you away. Um, but she would not specify exactly which of the bottles that it was in, and you would basically have to learn by trial and error which of the 26 bottles matched which ingredient. Okay. So we're back to trial and error puzzles. <sighs> yep. So she would basically be like, go get me bark root dew, and you'd have to look at just this image that has... 26 distinct bottles of it and be like i don't know this one looks like bark root do i guess i gotta say i don't like, know why i expected the uh the folks that made neopets to do anything other than weird uh long form uh just long form tests of tedium uh boom roasted got him 
Okay. Yeah, those are potions. But you'll be happy to know that there was a global pool of available bone testing potion. <laughs> oh, good. There's just a big old fountain of bone testing juice. Uh, every time a user brought back the correct potion ingredient, the number of available units of bone testing potion increased by one. Awesome. I think we have very different definitions of global. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. At first, so at first it was very low. Uh, the available potion, but then as people started, uh, kind of compiling their information and like made basically like a chart of which ingredient corresponded to which name. Um, it they had to put a gating mechanism on it <laughs> because people were doing it too fast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so then Sophie would only start, uh, giving out tasks once the, uh, once there were only 50 units of potion left. Um, and she would stop giving out tasks once the stock of potion rose past a thousand units. Okay. Uh, in total, 178,985 ingredients were correctly fetched for Sophie. All right. Well, congratulations, I like that, Sophie. I like that these official Neopets write-ups have, like, statistics like that. I think that's fun. Yeah, it's wild. Like, just how uh, much is still here. Yeah. So the grave robbing task... Oh, goody. Uh, ...involved, uh, you had to actually enter the graveyard and find a grave to help dig. Uh, there were five basic graveyard shapes. Uh, each gravestone on the map had a pile of dirt in front of it, indicating... What progress had been made with that grave, uh, which varied from no digging done, to partly dug, to completely dug, to bone tested. (laughs) 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 So you could um, click on uh, any unoccupied space uh, in order to join digging the grave. Uh, Once there were four players occupying that space, you could take turns digging up the grave just by, like, clicking a button uh, until it was completely dug up. And it took 60 successful digs to fully dig up a grave. Um, And once you you click the thing to dig, uh, the next player had 15 seconds to also dig. uh, And you had a one in three chance of finding an item buried in the dirt. Hmm. This is just real-time grave digging. Yep. Cool. Uh, if a player failed to dig within their 15-second turn, this would enrage the other pets involved in digging up that grave. <laughs> if a player failed to dig three times, they would be kicked out of the grave for failing to keep up. Okay. That's fair. It's better than just, like, ending the task as a whole. Yeah. Uh, and then someone else could join and you could keep going. Uh, and then once you finished, you had to wait five minutes before you did the next one, just as like a, a cool down. Okay. Uh, 129,764 graves were completely dug up <laughs> by the time the spirit of slumber was found. Jesus. Okay. Yep. Uh, once a grave was dug. Uh, any player with bone testing potion could try to test the bone to determine whether it belonged to the spirit of slumber. Uh, you would get uh, information on the bone's volume and mass, and then you were asked how many drops of testing potion you wanted to use. 
Uh, and people found out that the formula was uh, X times 5 to the power of 2, where X was the density of the bone. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you had to divide the the mass by the volume to get the density. Uh-huh. And then times that by 5, and then do that to the power of 2. Do people that play Neopets know how to do math? I guess. All right. <laughs> there were some there were some um Neopets games that like revolved around doing math problems. So, you know what? I'll I'll give them that. Okay. They're like, "Yeah, we've trained you for this." Chop yeah. chop. <laughs> uh 129,700 bones were tested <laughs> out of the 129,764 graves that were dug. Jesus. Uh, after a few days, the spirit of slumber's bones were found. <laughs> God, it's amazing that it took days to get here. Yeah. Uh, so chapter six of the comic went up. Uh, the heroes discover that the spirit of slumber's grave was unmarked. The headstone had been shattered. They now knew which grave the bones came from, but not who the grave belonged to. Uh, they decide to go through the caretaker's death registries and cross off every name in every graveyard in the haunted woods. By process of elimination, <laughs> this would leave the one broken grave. God. Okay. I mean, yeah, I uh, guess that's a way to do it. So basically, players had to find a grave in any graveyard that hadn't been marked off, write down the name, take the name to the caretaker's registries, and then cross it off in the appropriate book. Uh, 269,636 names across 1,586 graveyards were crossed off. Jesus. Uh, people, it turned out, had saved the names of the graveyards from the digging portion, uh, and were able to input those names manually so they could go directly from the graveyards instead of having to rely on the provided list of graveyards that just, like, had links that they could click. So that saved them some time. Okay. Uh, they discovered that the spirit of slumber's name was Jabart Igig. Oh, it's Jabart Igig? Yeah. I know that guy. <laughs> uh, and then chapter seven of the comic came out, uh, which had Sophie realizing that she could make a, p- a potion to summon the spirit of slumber, but, it, uh, but he would require a host body. Uh, and Bruno volunteered to host the Spirit of Slumber. Um, and then the next puzzle was assisting Sophie in preparing the potion, which, as you may guess, was another trial and error puzzle. <laughs> awesome. Uh, you had to add... Uh, there were So there were three ingredients that you could add to the potion, um, and it was like a three-stage puzzle. Um, you had to turn the cauldron a certain color on each stage um so like the first one you had to turn it from red to green and then like the second one you had to turn it from green to blue and then the third one you had to turn it from blue to purple and you basically just had to figure out which ingredient uh you could put in to make it do that um okay and then at the end of each stage, uh, Bruno would sample the potion and tell you if you got it right or not. Okay. Um, you would get four tries. Oh, no, sorry. So stage one was 
that three-step thing. That was sta- all of that was stage one. You had to turn it red to green, green to blue, blue to purple. That was stage one. <laughs> um, you got four tries to do that before the potion became unstable and turned into black goop. There it is. There it is. <laughs> stage two, <laughs> uh, you had to turn the potion red to green, green to green to blue, blue to purple. Purple to black, black to pink, pink to rainbow. Okay. Uh, and you had four ingredients instead of three. Stage three, you had five ingredients, and you had to turn it from red to green, green to blue, blue to purple, purple to black, black to pink, pink to rainbow, rainbow to like, I'm going to call it a lemon lime color. It's like green and yellow. That's Baja Blast. Uh, lemon. <laughs> Yeah, Baja Blast to purple, and then purple to, like, magmatic. It's, like, silver with red cracks in it. Okay. Um. Jesus, okay. But, yeah, and so you had to go through all of those steps. Um, But I believe what ingredients you had to use was, like, randomly generated. Okay. Hold up. Oh, okay. So there was there was a state table for every phase, um, and then adding a certain ingredient would always change the potion to the same color. So you basically had to figure out what your table looked like, um, and then you could figure out how to get from one color to the next. So, like, you would know, like, okay, if my potion is red and I add salt, it's always going to stay red. And then from there, you could be like, okay, if I add crushed like crushed berries, it's going to turn blue, and it will always do that if I add if I add it into to red. Um, and then from there, you could be like, okay, if, I, if my potion is blue, and I add the crushed berries, it will always turn back to red. Okay. And so basically, it, that that would always be the same in every, yeah. So that would always be the same, and you just you would basically just have to figure like, okay, what like what ingredient gets me from red to green, and that was sure. the same every single time. Okay. Yeah. Neat. Neat. Um. So yeah, but that was random for every single player. So you would have to like map it out for yourself. <laughs> hmm. Uh. And then once you. Once you got, uh, once you finished the third stage, uh, Bruno drank the potion and you would get a to be continued. Um, chapter eight of the comic showed Bruno being possessed by the spirit of slumber and Gilly, Sophie, and the spirit returned to Neovia in order to have the spirit undo the curse. Uh, the spirit undoes his spell and departs Bruno's body, leaving Bruno weakened. Uh, unfortunately, the townsfolk trans form into huge monstrous versions of themselves <laughs> uh sophie flees and leaves gilly and bruno to fend for themselves bruno and gilly spot mr crawley lurking in the crowd gilly chases after crawley through the woods uh while bruno distracts the mutated town people uh crawley leaves gilly to an abandoned asylum uh and a bit and basically like runs away and leaves her there uh <laughs> okay. and and Bruno fights off the townspeople and hides from them inside a cellar. Okay. Uh, Sophie also reaches her shack 
and begins a counter potion to cure the Neovians of their mutation, uh, which you get the next puzzle from. Uh, this is a five-stage puzzle. Uh, it's another potion puzzle. Uh, you would get to access to Sophie's workbench, in which you could take ingredients out of a cabinet, change those ingredients' magical properties, and combine them to form composites. Um, okay. You So each... Each composite had a different color that would tell you what its highest property was. Uh, conjuration, divination, enchantment, pow- or power. Um, and you could, like, do different combinations of those as well. So, like, you could have one that told you that it's too high. So, conjuration and divination's colors were red and, uh, red and yellow. And so, if you had... A uh, if you had a composite that was orange, you would know that its highest properties were conjuration and divination. Okay. Um, the first stage of the puzzle had three ingredients, uh, and you can manipulate them by burning, crushing, soaking, or desiccating them. Okay. Uh, you could also choose an amount of time that you wanted to do that action. Um, so you could do, like, 30 seconds of burning, 60 seconds of crushing, whatever. Um, and that would change the magical properties of each ingredient. Um, so, like, if you, like, if you took an ingre- a certain ingredient and you burned it for 30 seconds, it would increase its conjuring stat. Um, and you then could convert it into a composite, uh, which you would throw into the cauldron, uh, and that would make your potion. Um, okay. And so the first stage, you had to make one composite. Uh, it needed to be five grams, and it had to have one of the four, like a random one of the four basic properties. So Sophie would say, like, I want five grams of composite with plus 55 conjuration. And so you'd have to be like, okay, I'm taking this root and I'm going to burn it for 150 seconds um, because that will increase its conjuration by 30. And then I'll still have another 25. So I'm going to partially crush it in order to give it 25 conjuration. (laughs) It's a lot of math. (laughs) Yeah, this is all... Very complex stuff for, like, a puzzle on Neopets. <laughs> yep, there's a lot of tables happening here yeah. that I only partially understand. <laughs> um, and then so stage two, it moved to two composites. Uh, the third stage was two composites, but it it, uh, it required, like, a special composite uh, that was called, like, Spectral Essence, and you had to, like, combine two very like specific ingredients and they had to have a power property of like plus 350 or higher um the fourth stage you needed three composites um one of them was like spectral essence the other one was anti-gravity goo uh that had to have like 200 or greater in conjuration and divination um the fifth stage also needed three composites, and they were all um, 
special ones, I think. Yeah, there was Platinum Mist, Ice Plasma, and Psionic Singularity. <laughs> there's there's uh, so someone in our audience right now who took like an organic chemistry class a couple years ago and is just like shuddering right now. <laughs> and so once you got through all like five complex stages of this potion puzzle, which like fucking who would do this? Um you would get hit with that good old to be continued. <laughs> uh and then puzzle eight was uh Gilly wandering around the abandoned asylum uh, which you had to explore via map uh, and help Gilly uh, basically do some things around the asylum. Um, you could click on items to interact with them. Uh, you could collect uh, five different journal pages around the asylum uh, that were from the journal of um, one of the staff members at the asylum. Um, saying that, uh, the, a bunch of the staff had, uh, gone home to Neovia and they never returned. Um, and, um, one of the doctors like went to check it out and came back and said the town was entirely deserted. <laughs> um, the asylum was only being staffed by like three people because everyone else had disappeared. Um, and... A uh, a doctor from Neopia Central showed up um, and brought a elixir with him that he said would calm the inmates, and it worked magically. Oh, goody. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, this, uh, this employee, Lucy, who is writing the journal, um, was like, oh no, the, the inmates escaped and, and locked us in the cells. And it's like something magic happened to them uh, (laughs) and made them strong. And there was a riot and they locked us in the cells and they escaped into the woods. Who could have guessed? Who could have guessed? Um, But yeah, it was like a cool kind of uh, like little exploration game where you could like click around and uh get grab these journal pages to like learn the the story um you could go into the dining room where you would find like the zombified inmates uh and you could get a key uh which then you had to go into the courtyard um and go through the courtyard into the uh cell block uh, which was blocked by an angry Zomut, which or Zomut, which is a pet pet. Um, it's like a zombie dog. Um, you would know from the journal that he had a habit of burying bones in the courtyard. Um, so then you'd have to go back to the courtyard, find a bone that was buried, um, okay. but you didn't have anything to dig it up with. So then you would have to go to the storage closet. You and six uh, friends would have to get together and... Each of you would be able to move <laughs> one grain of dirt at a time, and over the course of forty-five hours. So then you could go to the storage closet, get get a key from the janitor's corpse, uh, and open the cabinet, the locked cabinet inside the storage closet to get a shovel. Okay. Just just robbing a lot of corpses yeah, in this one. Yeah, a lot of, lot of grave robbing and uh, 
I guess grave robbing is the same word, but I, if you're, is there a word from stealing for a corpse that isn't in a grave? Looting? I don't, yeah, looting, I, I think. I guess. Uh, so then you could take the bone to the Zalmut, uh, you would be able to get into the cell block, uh, you could explore the doors, which, uh, this Neopets site wants to make very sure I know they're covered in rust. It says it in bold and colored because they look like this. Ah, it's a <laughs> rust-covered door. Bright red rust. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, then, so you would, uh, you would then come to a, a cell door that had a journal page sticking out from under it. So yeah, so then you could unlock that door with another key you had found, and then you would get a to-be-continued, um... Then chapter 14 of the comic came out showing Gilly finding a magic flower uh, in the asylum uh, in that cell. Uh, Gilly then brought the flower to Sophie, who used it to complete her potion. Uh, They arrived in Neovia, found Bruno, and fought the mayor, who had turned into a gigantic monster. Okay. Uh, And then Sophie poured her demonstering potion into the town well cured the townspeople uh sophie and bruno were reunited with their family but sophie's potion did not work on bruno and he was left mutated forever he's fine though okay well, as long as he's fine uh and then sophie uh decided that neovia had too many bad memories for her and she went to live in the woods again okay i'm sorry you lost a friend yep and so that's the that's the end of the haunted woods plot <laughs> Okay, I I like this one more than I like the other one. It's there's more, it's more active, which I like a lot. Yeah, it's got some flavor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it also has more. It also, I I feel like it also has more plot as opposed to being like, fuck you, just read the comics. Yeah, absolutely. They they wanted to incorporate stuff in there, and I I think it works. I think it's really neat. You get that nice spooky yep. Halloween feel in there too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, hell yeah. Uh, So I got good news and bad news. Uh Uh, Good news is that the wheel stopped spinning. Oh. Uh, Bad news is my Neopet loses half of their hit points. Oh, no, Andrew. So uh, that's my review of uh, Neopets as a whole. It's a wheel of monotony. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, all right. What do you say we go ahead and rate this one, Marn? Let's do it. So... How do you feel about the the story of these ARGs? And I guess we can let's split them into two. We can do we shouldn't judge one by the sins of the other, you know? Yeah. Um I don't I don't know. The Lost Desert one, I I I don't like the plot very much. Um it it's just kind of generic. It's like, oh, we wanted to introduce a new part of the map, so like I don't know, there's like a princess and a prince who's trying to marry her and an evil king and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then on top of that, none of it's like in the game itself. Yeah. I guess it's all in a comic, and so that doesn't really fit in here. Yeah. So are we talking like 0 out of 10 on 1 and then like Lost Woods is like, uh, what are you thinking, like a 7? Uh, yeah, I, w- I would give it like an 8, probably. Yeah. I like I like the tale of woe. I I think that it really suffers from uh, the fact that you told me about Altador last week, which was much more engaging and fun. But this one's really neat too. Uh, so I I feel bad grading it on a curve, but I I, I like I like where that one's going, and it, it seems neat. 
it's just outshone by the team's other stuff. But yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, well, cool. What do you think about the puzzles here? As someone that did them, um. what do you... <laughs> Looking back, do you feel like you had a good time with it? I think so. I mean, as I, I mean, the good part was that like people are really dedicated about making plot guides, like as the parts of the plot are coming out. So like I had those to work off of while I was doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I ever finished either of these plots because I kind of, I don't know, I just like fell off them because I there was other stuff on the site that I was like more interested in doing. Um, but I remember having a good time playing them while I was playing them. Okay. Well, cool. So where would you rate the Lost Desert? Um, I don't know, like a, like a five or a six being generous. You're, you're going to a five or a six? Maybe a four? See, to me, I, I, I don't, I think that these puzzles are like either completely like, there's nothing to them, or they're completely overwrought and still boring. <laughs> I'm at like a two. Like you put in I some mean, work, but like Jesus, this is where you ended up. I will say, I kind of I like the Lost Desert puzzles. I think more than the Haunted Woods one. Really? Like I like the. Okay, so I like the grave digging stuff. I think that's all good. I don't love the potion stuff. Uh-huh. I don't know. It might just be me because I don't. Like, having to, like, look at a chart and figure out how to do math of it. Sure. Like, math off of it. Like, I would much rather, like, click around and map out a whole tomb with, like, 800 rooms or whatever. (laughs) You'd rather do that? Yeah. (laughs) In fact, I did do that. That was one of the things I remember doing. All right, you got me there. <laughs> we'll defer to you as the resident expert, but I, 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 the thing that I like about the Lost Woods puzzles here are that they feel a bit more, um, they, they, they kind of, they tie into the story better, I think. Um, you're, you know, you're brewing up a potion and working to figure out like potion ingredients or you're, um, you know, exploring this manner to try and figure out how you can find the journal pages and do all the stuff to escape. I I like the way that those kind of tie into the plot and what they're doing with the story. And I feel like the ones in the first half are just kind of like, here's a weird grid that you can spread out. This is like a text-based adventure, you know, multi-user dungeon from the 80s, except like on a blown-up scale. Have fun if that's your thing, but it really isn't mine yeah i i get that so that's where i come down but that being said i'm also not the person that's going to be sitting there with the chart i'm going to be sitting in the background watching other people do it and kind of going you got this i'm gonna sit here and play pokemon but y'all keep y'all handle it you got this i believe in you yeah understandable (laughs) well all right and uh how do you feel about the replayability of these I I mean, obviously, like, the Flash stuff on the site doesn't work anymore, but, like, the Neopets plot walkthroughs for them are so good and detailed that, like, I don't know, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, you were working off of, like, their officially hosted, here's what our yeah, game yep. was, right? Yep. Yeah, they have those for almost every plot, I think. Yeah, like, I feel like if you're not going to keep, you know, even before Flash dying, if you can't keep the stuff up 
indefinitely because, you know, whatever reasons for the puzzles, having that detailed write-up and like, here's what we did before, so you can have an idea of what we might do for the future. I think those are really good forms of hosting stuff. If you're going to host it somewhere, it might as well be official, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've always, I've always really liked that they, that they do that. Even if those pages are kind of hard to find now. Um, yeah, I've, I've always enjoyed that, that the devs like sat down and took the time to do that for like people who might not have gotten to play or like played or who were like me and like played like the first couple puzzles and then kind of fell off of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's cool to have an official source that says like, here's where we went. We're proud of it. Here you go. Like this is hosted on our website still. It's not something that like you had to be there. It's a part of Neopets forever. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Even if you can't find the specific pixel that takes you to the the ancient tomb or whatever in the in the lost desert anymore at least it'll tell you like there was a pixel you could have clicked that could have gotten you there i like that a lot i agree well hell yeah um what do you say we go ahead and wrap this up and get into some recommendations okay let's do it cool uh what have you been up to lately marn uh, I have, I've, I've talked about this in, in the Argonauts Discord in the past week, uh, but I've been listening to a new podcast. Yeah, I've seen your, I've seen you tweeting about it. Yeah, uh, I, I started listening to Wobegon, uh, woe.begon, uh, which you can find at wobegonpod.com or on pretty much any podcatcher of your choice. Um, it is very good, uh. I have gotten, like, a bunch of people into listening to it <laughs> because I needed people to, like, talk to it about. Um, how I actually found this is uh, one of my friends messaged me and was like, hey, I'm listening to, like, the podcasts that are up for Audioverse Awards, and there's one that is, like, explicitly about, like, a guy playing an ARG, and you should check it out. And I listened to the first uh, episode, like, on my commute to work, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I listened to the second episode, and I was like, this podcast is that shit and i love it <laughs> um, basically uh the the premise is that um it is about a uh a podcast host named mike walters uh who discovers this online game called wobegon uh it is a like competitive online game with secret rules um and he discovers it online, and you kind of slowly learn throughout the episode that it is this arg um, that where the game masters may or may not have the ability to control space time in certain ways. Okay. Um, I'm I'm trying not to give a lot away, uh, but like the premise of the first season basically is that a lot of the tasks for this arg are like do something really fucked up and then we'll erase it from the timeline essentially huh so like the first task that he gets in the in the first episode is like call your last ex in the middle of the night tell him in detail about the worst thing he ever did to you um and then tell him you don't forgive him and send us a recording of it um and <laughs> Jesus. The interesting the interesting thing about the premise of this podcast is that part of the premise is also what if the guy, the protagonist of this podcast, who is playing the ARG, just sucks as a human being, and that makes him really, really good at the ARG. Huh. 
that he's like, well, had to do that. Let's do it. Let me grab my phone. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's... Um, (laughs) Every single person I've recommended the show to has been like, I want to study this man like a bug. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will say for people who are going into it, um, you can read the transcripts of every episode on the website. Uh, A lot of them, especially in the first season, have... um, content warnings right off the bat uh i would say there is some fairly disturbing stuff in the first couple episodes that is very adequately warned for um and it almost never gets that gory again um so if like you listen to the first couple episodes and you're put off by like the level of gore it goes like downhill from there um the second episode is definitely the most rough (laughs) okay um so yeah if if you're like listening to it and you're like this is very gruesome i would suggest just like going and like skimming the transcript and skipping to the next episode it's very good though (laughs) (laughs) it's a great show and then like it the farther you get into it like the more like weird like fucked up time travel and like space time shit starts happening mm-hmm. um and that's very fun like it it kind of starts as a horror podcast and it pivots very hard into sci-fi past a certain point which is weird fun. okay um i really enjoy it it's i i listen to uh let's see there's 38 episodes i got through them all in like two and a half days because i work a desk job where i could just listen to podcasts all day um and every episode is only like 20 minutes long okay um the guy who makes it does literally every single thing for the podcast he is the only voice actor he writes every single episode he does all the foley work and he composes his own music for it jesus um it fucking rules is it, it's it's great i is it hard to follow as an audio drama with one voice actor nope hmm um, cause like some of the, some of the episodes are set up like monologues, but like other ones have like, he, he gets kind of weird with them. Like some are like, you're hearing only his end of a phone conversation or like you're hearing a voicemail that he left to someone else. Um, okay. and it, it, it kind of plays around with it. Um, especially as it gets deeper into like the, the sci-fi stuff. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really good. I listened to all of it and then I, um, I became a patron so that I could get bonus episodes because that is how much I liked it. Um, oh yeah, and 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 because it's like literally one guy doing the whole podcast, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna throw you some money. This fucking rocks. <laughs> so yeah, uh, go listen. Go listen to Wobegon. Um, I I hope that you enjoy it. It um, it takes some digs at like <laughs> he takes some digs at like other other args, which is very funny. <laughs> um. There's like an episode where he specifically shouts out uh, everyone hybrid to make fun of it, and it like <laughs> caught me very off guard when I was listening to it. <laughs> I know on I know on like the Wobegon Twitter, he's like referenced this is my Milwaukee also. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um it's good. It's like very clearly made by someone who really is like a fan of ARGs and like a fan of other like sci-fi and horror podcasts, and it's very fun. Cool. That sounds great. Yeah. Not probably not my cup of tea, but that sounds very cool, and I hope you all enjoy it. <laughs> I fe- so I I feel like the first couple episodes would put you off of it, but then after it, you would like have a great time. <laughs> okay. I will. Maybe I'll read a transcript of the first couple then. Yeah, I have 
Like, I, I literally have a friend who just, like, consumed it by reading the transcript of every episode. Okay. <laughs> like, I, I, I feel like that doesn't take away from it at all. Okay, cool. That's a woe.begon? Yeah. Yes. Cool. Hell yeah. Um, and you can find it at woebegonepodcast or woebegonepod.com, sorry. Hell yeah. Um, and all of the episodes are on there. And if you like click on the episode name, it will take you to like a page with the episode like in an audio player. And then under it is the transcript. Yeah, I'll have a uh, a link in the show notes for y'all. Yeah. I feel like I had another recommendation. Oh, go play, uh, go play Deltarune. That's my other recommendation. Yeah, they got that second <laughs> chapter out. I... Don't know if I'm going to be streaming that like I did the first part, but probably at some point I'll I'll figure it out. <laughs> nice. I I stayed up all uh, all night um Friday night playing it. It's really good. About how long is the chapter? Um, let's see. I I think like six hours probably. Okay. I mean, like definitely if you're better than me at video games, you could probably get it done in like four. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I hear that there's a <laughs> Buck Wild. Like a hidden run that you can find if you know what yes, you're doing. There, yeah. So like the day after it came out, people discovered that there's like an a completely alternate route that sounds so fake that it was like banned from the Undertale Reddit because people thought that it was like made up. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, Everyone's just and shit then, like, posting people... <laughs> like their like their Majora's Mask cartridges on it. Yeah, it literally sounds like. Oh, if you like go under the truck, you can get Mew. Like it's that level of like it sounds fake. Um, <laughs> and people like thought that the original person who found it was just like totally like trolling. <laughs> and then a bunch of people started posting videos of it and be like, "No, this is actually real." They were like, "Oh shit." <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. I uh, yeah, I will probably figure out probably the, the the real route. I don't know if I'll do the alt route, but that sounds really neat. Yeah, I like. I want to go back and play the alt route, but I'm not good at. I'm I'm not great at the fights, and like I know that it will take me a really long time to get through. <laughs> sure, I definitely get that. Um, I uh, I I stayed up really late on Friday night playing it, and then I just like put myself to bed before the final boss because I was like, I'm gonna be up for another two hours trying to beat the final boss. Like this isn't worth it. I'm just gonna do it after I after I go to sleep. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, my recommendation, uh, for this week is, uh, on a very different tonal note, uh, than definitely than that podcast. Um, I've been reading a manga called, uh, it's Dungeon Meshi is its original title and it's been localized as delicious in dungeon. Um, it's basically a manga about a D and D adventuring party who, uh, gets wiped out in like the mega dungeon under their town uh and then they're resurrected but without a party member and they're like we need to go back down and get them back uh and the reason that we failed before is because we weren't taking it seriously we weren't eating right we weren't sleeping right you know we were fighting monsters good but we weren't doing the basics of being people and we need to do that we also don't have any money but I've always had a theory that we could probably eat the monsters in the dungeon. And so along their way, as they travel down into this dungeon, uh, they come across a dwarf who is very into like living off the land and is also interested in eating monsters. And the whole manga is basically, uh, what if you turned a monster manual into a cookbook? 
Um, it's just a comedy about this fantasy adventures going in and saying like, we could probably eat a cockatrice. That thing looks like a chicken and it's got a snake for a tail. Uh, we could probably take that, cut the snake, use that into a filet. And then, uh, we could take the chicken, cook that like a chicken, easy peasy. Those eggs, you know, they're probably going to be a little big, but those yolks are going to be great. Uh, And here's like a fake recipe in the back for how you can make, you know, a four piece cockatrice meal. Um, it, it's a very fun, very neat manga. And then it, takes a turn in the middle of it uh, that I wasn't expecting and is very affecting and is a really neat fantasy series beyond just wouldn't it be goofy if you could eat a mimic. Um, so I would definitely recommend checking it out. It's a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah, I uh, don't want to get too specific into stuff that happens in it, but like, I don't know. It's like, what if, uh, what if Food Wars was infinitely less horny and also had fighting monsters in it. How can you go wrong? Hell yeah. I, I, I need to read it. It's it's really good. It's been recommended to me by like so many people. It's, it's, it's fun. And it's just like, I don't know. I like cooking. And so having a manga where they're just like talking about like, oh yeah, what kind of herbs you could put that would go well with like the mind flayer. And you're just like, okay, <laughs> this is a weird premise that you've put a lot of thought into. <laughs> <laughs> you'd think that like after a couple chapters it'd be like all right the novelty's worn off but it's like no they go kind of deep into like what you could do and how you could make food out of different monsters and stereotypical fantasy stuff it's really fun neat yeah uh i i have like run out of the other manga that i was reading so i need new stuff to read so maybe that will be my next one <laughs> sounds good well uh on that note i think that's going to do it for us. So uh, until next time, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do so. We are on Twitter uh, together at Argonauts Pod. Otherwise, you can find us individually. I am at co-host Sherms. I am at Corp Survivors. Uh, and if you want to get a hold of us outside of Twitter, you can do so. We are uh, we have an email address. Feel free to reach out to ArgonautsPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we don't email everyone back when they reach out to us, but we do read every message that we get. So please feel free to reach out there, especially if you have um, ARG suggestions and or uh, documentation of other ARGs that we could cover. Um, it is super helpful, and we, we can't cover something unless we know what happened. So if you've got something that can help us cover it, that'd be super great. Um, outside of that, if you want to support the show, you can do so. We have a Patreon that is available at patreon.com. That's P-U-H-T-R-A-Y-I-N if you want to make our mistakes. Otherwise, you can go to Patreon and search for the Argonauts podcast. Um, and yeah, so, uh, next week we're going to get back into actual ARGs and not Neopets plots. I'm putting my foot down. Uh, so until next time, that's ARGs, baby. Podcast of all time. 
This is Champs in the Making. Where we have made a bracket of every Pokemon that has ever existed and are putting them up in battles head-to-head. One-on-ones to scientifically find out the best Pokemon. Every two weeks, we gather up an assortment of hosts from the Orange Groves. And cut a bloody path through the Pokedex. Come listen to me defend the rights of crustacean-based Pokemon. Olga is a perfect little baby, and I will not stand for anything else. Decidualize the best fucking Pokemon because he looks like Robin Hood. Shout some about why your favorite Pokemon is the best. Put them forward and insult Ambipom every two weeks, only on the Orange Groves. Uh, Puchina is the best, and my friends already knocked Mightyena out, which I'm sad about. So now we're truly just living on the edge.